Brennan Mejia, and I play Tyler, the Red Dino Charge Ranger, and you're listening to the Lightning Collective Podcast, hosted by Callum. It's about to get wild! Hello and welcome to the Lightning Collective Podcast. I'm your host, Callum, and this week I'm joined by the original Silver Ranger from Power Rangers in Space, Justin Nemo. How are you doing? What's up? What's up? I'm great. How are you, man? Yeah, yeah, I'm good, cheers. I'm good, cheers. Just in, it, the audience can't see this, but I'm, I'm in my Buzz Lightyear onesie. So, um, oh, I can't yeah. believe you talked about it. I was going to have you stand up and surprise everybody. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> uh, before we get started, I'll just quickly add in the news. Uh, but just a side note, if you can hear bangs in the background, there's bonfire night on the 5th. So there's probably going to be fireworks every now and again. So I do apologize for that. Uh, the so, music is from what? Sorry, say that again. You say I, I might hear a band in the background or music? Uh, a, bang, uh, a bang, so fireworks. Ah, right on. Yeah. What, what's it, going on? It was a, so there's an English tradition which is bonfire night and 500 years ago a, a guy tried blowing up parliament and he failed. So we celebrate his failures by lighting fireworks. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> it's, it's a bit of a weird... He didn't blow it up, but we're going to try for eternity to get it done. Yeah, exactly, exactly. I mean, to be fair, it's a, it's a real laugh, but uh, yeah. So I'll just quickly add in the news here. In show news, Chance Perez and Tessa Rayo have been added to the Dino Fury cast during Hasbro's Fan First Friday event as the Black and R Green Rangers. Tessa being the first female Green Ranger, so that's very exciting. In comic news, Mighty Morphin issue 1 was released last week, and Power Rangers issue 1 was re will release this week. This is probably the perfect time to jump in if you're new, so why not pick them up and see what they are about. As far as I'm aware, that's it for news. If I've missed anything out, please reach out to me on the Twitter at PRL Collective. Before we get started though, with the interview, I just want to say that you may hear a quality difference, or you may have already heard it. That is because I use Zoom this time around as it was easier for Justin. So with that out of the way, let's get into it. So the first thing that I have to ask is how's the pandemic been for you? Okay, so I'm in Oklahoma, which is in the middle of the US. And I'm in the middle of Oklahoma, so I'm in the heart of the U.S., I guess. But anyways, the coronavirus took a little while to get here, but it seems like this past week, it kind of hit home pretty hard. There's a lot of people that all of a sudden have tested positive, and uh, it's a little concerning for the fact that, you know, nobody wants to be sick. But um, let's see if it was last night. No. Thursday night when I got up to go to bed, I stood up and I was so cold. It was the coldest feeling that I've probably ever felt. And I mean, I was like, my jaws were, were shaking, but it was clenching and my hands were tightened up and I was just shaking and oh, it was painful. And then finally I, I got warm, but then I got hot. And then I got cold, then I got hot, then I got cold, and I was like, well, this is stupid, but uh, I don't have any headache, no loss of taste, no, you know, nothing else, but I, I got scared because I got the hot cold flashes real bad. How's, how is it over there? So we are currently in our uh, second lockdown 
everyone it's weird though last lockdown everything shut apart from essential shops and obviously the hospital and stuff but uh, this time around they've decided to keep schools and universities open weirdly enough which is if you look at the graph when schools open back up that's when cases started to climb again so i'm not too sure personally why they've been keeping schools open when it seems like they're they're the problem it is what it is everyone so everyone's back at home now apart from essential workers but yeah it's, it's been all right over here i just remember those first few months it was so dead in the streets when i was walking around yeah it was so quiet it was actually really nice this time around people haven't taken it so seriously yet as you can imagine with the with the fireworks outside which i'm sure that you'll be able to hear momentarily but um yeah no it's, and there's it's, probably a lot of people gathering for that firework event too so that doesn't help yeah well well they've they've made it illegal for firework displays this year but i would imagine people will still be having them anyway um because yeah. it sounds like our our presidential election having great big huge masses of people get together yeah that's smart i think yeah, the yeah. reason that maybe they leave the schools open is i've heard a lot about you know younger kids in school don't seem to be affected by it as bad as adults you know more so immune compromised people but when you have your teachers and your staff and the cafeteria people that end up thick then it makes it kind of hard to to run the school so our school here next week is going on like two days on and then one day off and then two days of virtual so they're going to be in class only two days i think something okay. like that getting pretty serious here i talked to my youngest son this morning so he's a freshman at college and um, he's back in town right now so he's in college in another state drove in for the holidays uh, i talked to him earlier said that he has to go get one of those rapid covid tests before he can go back to school you know it's mandatory that you show you're not sick before you go back to school yeah that's 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 good though to be fair we yeah we do that it's only if so if someone is working in like a shop or in an office or something they'll and if someone goes down with it everyone in the office has to has to get a test done but that's only if someone has definitely got it but yeah no it should be it should be like the way that you guys are doing it and should be taking tests every now and again just to double check because people can be i think it's called a asymptomatic so they just won't have any symptoms but yeah they'll be carrying it so, right yeah 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 and I think, the guy that works for me uh well i got two guys that work for me one of them tested two days ago and got his results i think yesterday he's negative the other kid that works for me he also works at the bar here in town and i guess somebody at the bar had tested positive so they're worried they're gonna have to shut down the bar where everybody can go and hang out it's like yeah that's probably a, a smart thing shut it down so that people stop catching this but some people have already had it and evidently can't get it again i don't know i heard something about some antibodies only good for three or four months and then possibly you could catch it again i have no idea but it's something like only 5% of people that have caught it, have re-caught it or something like that. I'm not too sure. Yeah. I read somewhere, but yeah, no, it's, it's mental that antibodies only last for like three months. So you can theoretically catch it four times in a year, which is insane. Oh, yeah. That's what I'm thinking. Yeah. yeah. Quick question for you. Let's change the subject here. 
Um, what season is it over there? Like, it is, is it hot or cold? It's it's cold. It's autumn here. So we, we just finished with our summer. Our leaves are falling. All, all of ours are... All, so we've all got the fall like all of the trees bad storm there, there's trees everywhere on the ground oh really yeah all the trees have uh, lost their leaves um, See, we're just now losing our leaves but last week early last week I guess we got hit with an ice storm so all the trees you know with all the leaves on them and that ice hitting it made them too heavy it broke all the limbs I was just looking up at the top of my tree and there's a there's a widow maker up there right now do you know what that is no so a widow maker is a limb that's in the tree that can fall out and kill you making your wife a widow, uh, a widow right you okay. learned something today yeah i did i did always <laughs> <laughs> learning well you learn something new every day Right, okay, so as you are a Power Ranger, we, we do have to talk about Power Rangers, unfortunately. I, I'm sorry. <laughs> I did some research before this interview to try and make it a bit more interesting, and I saw someone, or you mentioned someone that you didn't know Power Rangers before you were cast. At what stage did you realise what you were getting yourself into? Well, really, to be honest with you, even while I was taping the show, until the very end you know maybe the last three episodes or something like that i didn't i didn't exactly know how big it was while i was filming i was working probably two jobs and going on auditions and going in power rangers so i didn't have time to sit back and and watch it on tv to know how big it was i'd heard of power rangers but like when i got cast you know i just knew that i was a, a silver ranger i didn't know i was a sixth ranger Hell, I didn't even know there was such a thing as a sixth ranger, but I didn't know that it was going to be a, um, a, a one-day shoot or if it was going to be five years worth of work, you know what I mean? I was just yeah. like, all right, I got the job, I'll work until you say I'm done, I guess. I assume that you, judging by what you just said, you didn't know that you were only there for half a season because before that, a lot of cast members would stay on for multiple seasons um, right whereas, whereas you and Chris were only there for well you were there for half a season he was there only for a season were you so I assume you weren't aware that you the you, you only had half a season correct yeah I didn't know how long I was there for I didn't oh. know that they had been halfway through the season when I started either I, I knew they'd been shooting obviously but I didn't know how far along they were yeah okay and what was the audition process like for you? Because I know for Chris, he he auditioned and then he didn't hear back for something like nine months. So oh, yeah. Was the, yeah no, was mine the, was a lot faster. I mean, I, I, got, um, I got a call from my manager telling me to go audition for it. I think I told my roommate then that I was going to go. And he started laughing. He's like, no, man, don't do it. You're going to be stereotyped as Urkel and you'll never do anything else and I was like I don't believe you so I probably auditioned two maybe three times before I went and seen the big man at his <laughs> at his high-rise you know <laughs> up in the very top of the penthouse and it is sweet but um basically you know I went in sat in the room talked to the secretary it was my turn to go in and sat across the table from him and he had asked me to bring 
my portfolio, which is a book of pictures, you know, older pictures. And I brought that and he kind of flipped through it. And then he seen a picture that was with me with blonde hair. And he's like, well, that's pretty cool. What would you do that for? And would you be willing to do it again? It's like, well, I mean, if that gets me the part, sure. So I think because all I needed was blonde, I, I got the part. It was literally in the right place at the right time for the right part. So they needed somebody pretty quick and you know, they didn't do a long audition process or anything. They didn't drag it out. They needed to get the person in there and get it going. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that seems like a stark contrast to what I've heard from other rangers because they would be auditioning for like, you know, they'd be on their like 10th interview and they still wouldn't have gotten the part yet. Um, There's some of them that have had to do their martial arts and stuff. And they asked me if I knew martial arts that I never had to do any. Oh, okay. Yeah. Well, lucky you then, I suppose. Well, lucked <laughs> out. Yeah. Yeah. Very. <laughs> <laughs> so when you arrived on set, how did everyone react to you? You know, that's, that's really a hard, hard question to answer because... Let me give you a scenario or a scenario, however it is you say it. Um, so 20 years ago, how old are you? Uh, 22. <laughs> ah, so that's not so, even going to work. Oh, uh, no. All right. So let's say 10 years ago for you. Um, okay. On your first day of school at your senior year or something or whatever grade you were in 10 years ago, your first day of school, how did all of your friends act when you showed up? It's hard to remember that because it's kind of like you just went through the process. So in the acting business, you know, you're, you're going to audition sometimes several times a day and you, you can actually work once a week or you can work two or three times in one day. So the little things like how did somebody react the first day you were there? I mean, that, that's really hard to remember. Um, I think the first commercial I did was, or a restaurant called Applebee's. And I I remember being a waiter and holding a tray and saying something, but as far as any details about it, yeah, I don't remember that. So as far as the cast, you know, I think they had a bond, you know, they were real close and had a good friendship going because they'd been together for, I don't know, a couple of months anyways. And when I came in, it was like, oh, hi, how are you? Welcome aboard, you know, and kind of back to doing their thing. But after a few days, obviously, it became really good, but it was kind of weird that Chris said they told him he's not to like me. Evidently, it's something to do with his character. So he's like, fine, I won't like Nemo. But in his mind, he'd said, you know, he came in and he took over the, the Red Power Ranger. So he was thinking, oh, hell, Nemo's coming in. He's going to take over the, the Red Power Ranger. I'm not liking this guy. And after he realized I wasn't red, he's like, ah, he's not so bad. I'll give him a chance. He told me about that story, and I found that so funny, because he, because in his mind, you were stealing his thunder pretty much, which wasn't yeah. the case. Yeah, I found kind of really... stole his girlfriend for a minute too, huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, I found that really funny. What was the biggest thing that you took away from being on the show? That the show has an amazing effect on the people that watch because I've had people of all ages come up to me and tell me how the Power Rangers have helped them in one way or another. And usually it's in a general sense, just Power Rangers, but every once in a while, somebody will connect to a certain character. 
whether it's from a different season or whatever, but you know, they'll, they'll connect with one specific character from the season that they were watching that makes a big difference. So obviously, you know, when I'm out doing autograph signings or meeting people, they know it's me. So, I mean, they're coming there to see me and they usually have watched what I've been on. So they always have these great stories to tell me. Okay. Yeah, no, that's fair. When did you, when did you start doing your first comic cons? Okay, so Chris was coming to Oklahoma and God, we haven't probably talked in 18 years, maybe. I don't know. It'd been a long time. And he was coming to Oklahoma for a, kind of a, a visit. But while he was here, he lined up a, a spot to go to a comic book store and do like a little meet and greet. And I didn't know that. But after I was talking to him a little bit, he's like, hey, I'm going to be here doing this. You ought to come. I was like, all right. And next thing you know, he's like, so you should probably bring some pictures. Pictures? I don't know what you're talking about. Like, I didn't know what Comic-Cons or any of that stuff was. Yeah. So he had to explain to me, you know, pictures from the show like and give me examples. And I was like, oh, yeah, I've probably got something like that. So I'll make a couple of pictures, whatever. And showed up to this comic book store, and it was basically a meet and greet. So he tricked me into 18 years after we were off the show. So after that was over, he's like, all right, now you need to do this one and this one and this one. I was like, oh, my gosh, this is crazy. Crazy fun. Did, did anyone ask you if you wanted to do them before that point? Or did, did he just assume that you were No, he was the first one. I literally oh. didn't know there was such a thing. Yeah. Okay. How many do you do a year, roughly? Oh. Minus well. this year. COVID's going to make that a little different. The most I've probably done in a year, I don't know, 12 maybe? 10? Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like a fair amount, like one, one, once a month. It seems pretty good. Currently, we've got, I think, three that are confirmed for January. January or February. So me, Chris, and Patrick will be doing three comic book stores together in either January or February and I'm working on another state right now and I'm hoping to get maybe two for that weekend so now that it's not a big convention that lasts several days it's a comic book store so you can do a comic book store and you know half a day you can literally go to one place do it drive across town or an hour away to another spot and do another one so you can do two in one day no, that's, that's really good, and I would imagine with a comic book store, it's not as chaotic either, whereas at a comic con, right. I would imagine there'd be people flying at you from all different directions. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I think uh, it was it, like two weeks ago, probably, um, JDF came to Norman, Oklahoma, which is, you know, 15 minutes from me, and I was going to call him and tell him I was showing up, and I was like, nah, I'm just going to surprise him. So I just kind of, I popped in, I put my head around the corner, he looked up and he seen my face, he's like, what's up? <laughs> so then I just kind of hung out with him, uh, watched him sign autographs and meet people and tell stories. And every once in a while he'd say, hey Nemo, come over here and take a picture with us if you don't mind. So you know, I'd jump in there and take some pictures with him. So that was, that was a lot of fun to be able to go without having to kind of like work, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I'd, I'd leave the room and I'd go outside because, you know, they're, they're trying to do the distancing thing. So they don't just let everybody in. So there's a line outside and I'd go outside and I'd go down the line and talk to everybody and come back and talk to them again. 
was like, hey, I'm trying to get them pumped up for you out there. How was their reactions? Because obviously they wouldn't know that you were turning up. So what, what did, when they oh, scored, yeah. did yeah, they, they were caught off guard because they didn't, I mean, nobody knew I was going to show up. I did message the lady that owned the comic book store. Actually, I posted something and she saw it and she said, are you coming to my comic book store? And I was like, yeah, she was cool. <laughs> but all the, all the people that were there, you know, there was, there was quite a few of them. They're like, oh my God, there's Justin, you know, and you could hear them telling their friends, that's the silver Power Ranger over there. So uh, after Power Rangers, you decided to open up a store. Uh, so after Power Rangers, you decided to open up a store. What was your thought process on hanging up your acting coat and pursuing a new adventure? Well, I, I would say I more so hung that up when I left California, not when I opened a store. So shortly after the Power Rangers had wrapped, a girl that I was seeing ended up pregnant and she did not want to live in California. She wanted to live in Oklahoma and you know I'm not going to sit back and let somebody else raise my kids. So that's when I decided, yeah, I'll, I'll go home and raise a, raise a baby. Sure. So I came home. I think before I left California, I was taking massage classes to be a masseuse. So I got tricky fingers. Came to Oklahoma, tried to do that, but you know, 1999, 2000, doing massages in Oklahoma by a guy that was just unacceptable. So that didn't work. Then I worked for my brother-in-law at the time who had uh, insurance, like house insurance, car insurance. I worked for him for a little while. That didn't pan out so well. A guy from school, like high school, was working at a company called Rena Center. So I don't know if you got them over there. Probably not. But basically, Rena Center is a, a nationwide chain that, let's say that you need a couch, but you don't have the money to go buy a couch. You can go to a rent-to-own store and you can buy it on payments. So you rent it until you own it. So that's what I did. I opened up a, um, a rent-to-own store eventually but i had actually worked for my or worked with my friend at rena center for just shy of five years and then i decided to open up my own they found out they fired me which was great because i mean i kind of got a raise get to be my own boss at my own hours after i opened that up in 2004 and four months ago i opened up another business too so i've got two businesses that i try to run and it's literally what i was <laughs> about to go do was go do my sales tax and stuff and i looked at the phone i was like oh my god i got a zoom meeting i forgot so yeah my mind it's like i know what i'm supposed to do but there's so much going on that i i hardly remember all of them so i, I got it by two minutes fairly recently uh nerdbot announced that you were going to be in power rangers bloodline of the grid I know you can't give any details away, but what was appealing about reprising the role of Zane after 22 years? Oh, yeah. As soon as, as before he could finish spitting it out, I was like, I'm on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. But I, I'm pretty sure that he wasn't going to accept no anyway. You know, it was just, yeah. it had to be done. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So we, we would have had to have, you know, thrown some fists if I would have said no, because we would have fought over it. So did you know about it beforehand or did was the first time you knew about it when he mentioned it to you? Yeah, he, he broke the news to me. He probably broke the news to me, to be honest. 
a little over a year ago, I think. Okay. So there, there's a lot of stuff that had to go on and, you know, behind the doors to get everything lined out as far as the writing, the scripts, the characters, who's going to put it on, what extreme it's going to be. And from my understanding, this is kind of like a short. Yeah. And, or if you don't know what that means, it would mean kind of like a trailer to a movie. So we'll do this little skit and see how much the people like it. And then if they're all about it, then just keep going forward with it. So, I mean, he's got, he's got a whole bunch more planned for it, of course. I mean, a little over 12 months, because I know that, because when I spoke to him, he said it was in post-production. For a short film, it's usually around a year and a half from, like, start to finish. So I think, like, just over a year is pretty good going. Yeah, um, yeah. It, it, we yeah. should be pretty close to being done. Um, I haven't messaged them to see kind of where they're at, but I shot all of the stuff that they wanted a few months ago, and that's pretty tough because you don't have the director standing in front of you telling you what they want. You don't have a camera person holding the camera or a light person making the lights right. You don't have the other actor in front of you so that you can you can feel what they're doing. As an example, you can read a, read a line, read a sentence, and think, okay, this could be a happy moment. But in reality, they might be crying while they're saying it. So the direction that you got to have without having the other person in front of you, <laughs> that's not easy. So I had to, um, God dang, I bet I probably did it six or eight times until I got what they wanted. But, you know, having to set up a big green screen and <laughs> totally was taping my phone to a ladder so that it would be at the right spot, you know. There was <laughs> like, well, you did everything great except your camera is kind of like not in the right spot. I can't see your feet. And I'm like, shit. All right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, no, it must have been difficult because, uh, yeah, no, I understand what you mean about not being able to read the other person. It's, it's similar to a job interview because, especially with this pandemic, you can't go to a job interview in person anymore so and if, if you're doing a video interview half the time there's not even anyone on the other end it's just your ugly mug staring back at you so it's, it's like really difficult to to you know uh gauge what they are after because you can say something read what they're read what they're thinking because it's on their face and then you can yeah. respond to that face um yeah so i completely I, even though i'm not an actor i completely understand what you mean about reading the other person yeah and they so in other words, you know, like I've got, a, I've got a line, and then he's got a line, i got a line, he's got a line. So when he's speaking, instead of what I had in my head, camera's on me, I'm speaking. Camera's on him, he's speaking. Camera's back on me. That's what I thought they were going to do, but they wanted me to say the lines, and then, for the most part, say his lines in my head the way he's saying them so that I wait long enough for his line to be delivered before I start into mine. 
So yeah, it wasn't like I just learned my lines. I had to learn the whole thing, everybody's. Ooh. But production is gonna be bad to the bone. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm, I'm looking forward to it. I, I don't know, Chris said it should be a few few months out until there's like a trailer out or something. So I'm, I'm looking forward to that. Um, would you be open to doing, it doesn't necessarily have to be Chris, uh, but, but would you be open to doing more short short films if people asked you to and their idea was there and the production value is there and you know all, all the rest of that would you be open to doing stuff like that again if it was a lot easier than what i did in other words i had a place to go yeah and i could get there because like i said i'm running two businesses so i'm kind of thin but if i could make it work then sure yeah i'd make it work it's just like it's it can be hard for me to just get away to go to a convention or a comic book store or anything you know it's it's kind of like taking a vacation in a way but you know you you gotta take off work you gotta leave what you're doing behind to go do that and that's not real easy to to make happen so um getting away is, is a real feat if if you could though would you I realize yeah. that obviously. Yeah, like if the Power Rangers were to ask me back, or there was a, a movie or something that I was, you know, able to audition for or something. Yeah, I'd, I'm all about it. I've, I've been on some auditions here in Oklahoma because they're doing a lot of filming here, and my very first agency that I had before I ever moved to California, she's currently in Texas, but I talked to her and she's working on something big, coming back to Oklahoma and basically building like a big production team and she last thing she said to me was well get ready to do some acting and some directing and it's like great now i gotta direct it's like i'm there <laughs> directing is an avenue that you would potentially go down if it was offered to you oh yeah i don't have a i don't have any problems with that uh there was a girl here Ooh. I bet that it had to be three years ago, probably two to three years ago. She was filming a little, a little short movie that she had wrote and asked me to be a part of it. And I showed up one day and there was a lot going on and I seen what was trying to happen, but it just wasn't putting it together. So I said, well, hold on just a minute. Let me see if I can fix this. So I kind of like stepped up into her spot and was saying, this is how we need to do everything. So kind of like I was directing what she wanted so that she could get what she wanted done. And I just found out supposedly the other day that her whole script that she wrote and everything was stolen. And somebody showed it at some festival and won some stuff, but she can't prove that it was hers. I don't know. I was just like, that's, that kind of sucks for you, but. I didn't see it actually happen, so I don't know for sure that that is what happened. Yeah, yeah, it's just allegations at the minute. That does suck, though, if it is true. That uh, that really does suck. Um, yeah, I haven't seen anyone to do that at all, um, so I can't fathom anyone doing that. Okay, that's it for my questions. I've got a few community questions. First one comes from King Murphy on Instagram, and he asks if you could play any other ranger, who would it be? Yeah, that's hard because the the character that I played it was me. In other words, that was my demeanor. That was the way that I act. 
it was me. So if I was to play another Power Ranger, you're probably not going to get the same effect out of it because I'm going to have to pretend to be somebody else. Yeah. Uh, but Zane was actually a really, a really awesome spot to have because it was a sixth Ranger. It was the first Silver Ranger. It was the end of the Zordon era. You know, I mean, to me, it doesn't really get a whole lot better than that. But every every Power Rangers just as important, you know. But I like that one. Yeah, no, that makes sense. So I'm sticking sense. with silver. <laughs> no, that, that that makes perfect sense. Uh, Captain Nails on uh, Instagram asks, what season would you have liked to cameo in if you were given the chance? The current season, because it's, you know, it's the newest thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. And uh, actually, a question just came to me while you were answering the first community question. Uh, but Chris spoke about this in the past, but I want to know your spin on it. So before Power Rangers in Space, there was you and Andros doing your own thing. Uh, in your head, what happened to the other Rangers that used to be on your team, if there were any? Oh, I'm sure they were out fighting evil somewhere else. Yeah, all right, all right. <laughs> all right, yeah, so that wraps it for all my questions. Where can people find you? Well, my name, Justin Nemo, N-I-M-M-O, is what I've got for Instagram and Facebook and Twitter. So they can find me on there, follow and watch, and hopefully maybe I'll be in a, an area close to you or them or whoever, everybody. Okay, cool. I just want to say thank you to Josh Steele for creating the cover arts. His Instagram is at a basket of kisses and website is joshsteel.co.uk also a huge thank you to frankie waters for putting together the intro and outro sorry outro his toy photography instagram is at a figure underscore lens you can find me on instagram at lightning collection twitter at prl collective and on youtube as well uh thank you justin so much for coming on i thoroughly appreciate it yeah so thank you for coming on and i hope everyone has a good week so bye thank you for having me <laughs> Have a wonderful day. Stay safe. You've just been listening to the Lightning Collective Podcast. Have a great day.